This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. You listen to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Post-Oregon here at Battle for the Atlantis. Carolina takes down Oregon 78-74 for third place. Tar Heels, Greg, really played. Uh, if you could play exactly opposite within 24 hours of each other, I, I think Carolina proved that you absolutely can. Well, at least on the defensive end. Um, they came out with the same energy they, they did yesterday. I mean, they had a good start against Michigan, uh, and then they kind of lost that midway through. Uh, they did the same today, but they were able to really maintain it. And the re- reason they were able to maintain it is because they were good defensively. Uh, Armando Baycott continues to show that uh, he is a guy that is a legitimate rim protector. First one they've really had since, I guess you could say 2017, but probably since 2016 with Bryce Johnson. Certainly this team did not have that these last two years, uh, and that, that posed some problems. Uh, but as you know, K.J. Smith told us after the game, it allows you to, to make some mistakes on the perimeter when you have a guy like that that can protect the rim. And if you look at kind of what uh, North Carolina was able to do today defensively, they held Oregon to 35.7% shooting. Uh, I think we do need to say Oregon's had some incredible games here. They rallied from 19 down to beat Seton Hall. They rallied from 17 down to take the lead against Gonzaga before losing in overtime. Uh, so no doubt they were taxed a little bit. That may have helped North Carolina jump on them early. Uh, but Oregon came back once again today. And, and I think most importantly for UNC, uh, they had some adversity there in the second half, and they were able to get it done with some big free throws down the stretch. Specifically that adversity, and we'll certainly talk about Amanda, Armando Baycott here in a minute, but uh, Cole Anthony Ross goes out with four personal fouls. K.J. Smith, like I asked him post-game, put him in so fast, didn't even have time to tuck his shirt in. He gets out there, he gives Roy Williams eight minutes. Roy talked about the importance of those eight minutes, sort of kept them in the in the game. A uh, little shaky at first, but he did he, he did as well as anybody could have expected. Yeah, I think Greg had a good question about how his performance was very clean. You know, he didn't really help the team too much, but he certainly didn't hurt the team and, and kind of kept the ship stable and gave Cole enough time in the game so he could come back with under four minutes. And, and that was key. And that was a key stretch. And UNC made some baskets. They, they kind of just maintained there, which is all you can ask for a reserve former walk-on point guard. So that was an important stretch as well. But overall, I mean, I think that was part of the adversity. I think that's the big thing to take away from this game. Leaky Black was out. This is the third game of a, of a three-game kind of road trip here. And you had foul trouble with Armando and Cole. And the, the team found a way to win. They hit some big shots late. They made their free throws. And they overcame a little bit of adversity to beat a really good opponent in Oregon. And um, you know, we'll look back on this win. And it's a, it's a good moment for UNC. But as we learned from this from this trip and against Michigan, this team has a long way to come. And um, when they play well, they play well. But when they play bad, they're going to play pretty bad. That's my takeaway there. That's a solid takeaway there. If they um – if they play like they did against Michigan, absolutely. They can lose to anybody on the schedule, Greg. If they invest on the defensive end, Roy Williams really challenged them. 
um, yesterday. I mean, he was not happy in the postgame. Um, Armando caught a lot of that flack after the game yesterday. Um, but just speak to the defensive intensity for the full 40. I mean, they didn't let up even when Cole went out. I just thought that if, if Carolina's going to be – the team folks expect them to be or, or the ex expectations are, then how they played here um, in the ballroom behind us is, is the way they're going to have to do it all year. Yeah, absolutely. As much as we've talked about the offense, for good reason. I mean, this team through seven games has not been a good offensive team. Uh, they've had to generate their points primarily on the on the glass uh, and in points off turnovers, which – uh, you know, that's that's tough to do nine in and nine out, but they're just not a good shooting team. And the fact that this is the first time in 70 years that UNC has played seven games without breaking any points, I think tells us a lot. Uh, again, they're they're shooting you know, below 42%. Uh, that's not good. So I don't see a lot of relief uh, coming offensively. So in order for this team to do what it wants to accomplish – it's got to be good defensively. It's got to be great defensively. And this is this is one of those unique years. I can't remember a Roy Williams team in that dilemma where in order for them to kind of live up to preseason expectations, they've got to be great defensively. You know, we talk a lot, you know, his best teams always got better in the NCAA tournament, and that's why they won the titles. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about to be competitive against high-quality teams like an Oregon They've got to be very good defensively. Otherwise, things can get sloppy like they did against Michigan. Uh, and so it's, it's a unique, unique dynamic for this for this team. Yeah, and with the shooting, they definitely aren't a good shooting team. They did hit some more threes in this game. I thought Brandon Robinson is kind of giving UNC what they need in his the two games where he hit some threes. He had three tonight, three for seven. But the percentage, six for 23, which is 26%, is not good. They need more from – you know, play tech and and Keeling, you know, them hitting a couple threes would be huge for this team. But we're a long ways away from last year when they were setting three-point shooting records with Cameron Johnson and Kobe White, Kenny Williams, and Luke May. Um, and so, like, our defense is going to have to happen because they cannot shoot from deep. And But, but Brand Robinson, I mean, to, to my point is that they shot really bad in the last game. At least they hit some in this game, and Brand Robinson was great in the first half from that perspective. Yeah, and let, let's speak to the foul shooting because I think I said something during the game. Um, said I would wager that a three-point shooting in this tournament is better than the foul shooting overall. And then Carolina managed to go 20 for 21. Greg, that sets some records for the Tar Heels. Yeah, and I think that's a good sign. You know, Typically, if a team's not a good free throw shooting team, that's kind of a good indication it's not a good shooting team overall. And that's kind of been the trend for UNC this year. Uh, but give them credit, you know, especially the freshmen. Cole Anthony and Armando combined were 15 of 16 from the free throw line. Cole and, and Brandon combined to hit six critical ones there in the final 20 seconds. And so those are the ones you're really concerned about. Uh, you know, if you can hit clutch free throws, that, that, that goes a long way. Uh, but Steve Kirscher told us that the 20 of 21 uh, is, is the best shooting percentage UNC's had from the free throw line with 20 or more attempts dating back to the ACC title game against NC State and uh, the ACC tournament uh, in Tampa back in 07. So uh, certainly a, a good day from the line, and Armando was 9 of 10. He was the only one that missed one. Yeah, bad shooting teams don't shoot free throws that well, I don't think. So maybe that's a sign for North Carolina to be able to hit some shots as this season progresses. Let me talk about Johnny T-Shirt just briefly, johnnytshirt.com, Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street, your place to get all your Carolina gear, whether it's uh, basketball, 
football, baseball, soccer, women's soccer, field hockey, anything you need Carolina uh, related is at johnnytshirt.com. Christmas time's around the corner, less than a month, hard to believe um, as we sit down here in 80 degree weather and perfectly sunny in the Bahamas, but Christmas time's here. Get your orders there, either go see them on Franklin Street or get it done online. Of course, Inside Carolina Premium subscribers get that 10% off code, take it with you to the store or do it online, save that 10%, save you some cabbage for the Christmas time. Let, let's talk about um, shooting just a little bit more. I, I think that one thing we noticed, Greg, sitting there uh, on press row and Ross, is that some guys are not afraid to put it up and were shooting the ball confidently. And one guy was Christian Keeling. Now, he, he was 3 for 13, which uh, I was surprised at that number, but he – appeared to not hesitate to put the ball up. And I think North Carolina needs that. They're going to have to shoot the basketball. There have been times where they're scared to get a shot up or, or hesitant is a better word. Uh, Keeling was not that guy tonight. Yeah, and I think that's a very good sign for North Carolina. I know people look at the stat sheet and, like you said, say 3 of 13. Well, that's that's not helping. But uh, the first six games, he was very tentative. Even, even the first two games here against Bama and Michigan, um, don't want to say scared, but just very tentative, very passive and kind of how he was playing. And that's why he didn't play a whole lot, especially with B-Rob coming back in. Uh, something clicked for him. And, and today, especially in the first half, he had some success, and he had a couple baskets dropped for him in a three-pointer fall. Uh, and he was just a, a much more aggressive player. He was looking for a shot. He was trying to score. Uh, the shots were not falling for him. But I think that's a key development for Keeling because if he can maintain that confidence, which he showed today, uh, that's going to be a, a good thing for this team in the weeks and months to come because you may not need him to score a lot of points right now for you. Uh, but I think for this team to accomplish his goals, he's going to need to be you know a guy that can come off the bench and score for you somewhat consistently. He may be a streaky scorer, but that's fine. But if he can you know, give you 12 or 14 on occasion, uh, that'll help tremendously for this team. So I think I think the fact that he was much more aggressive and more assertive today uh, is a very positive development. Yeah, I, I think UNC needs so much more from from Keeling, Pierce, and Playtech. I guess you would call them kind of the the next three that come in the game after the starters. Uh, I mean, Keeling's just so limited with his height. You know, three for thirteen, like you said, one for four from three. He seems like he gets blocked every time he tries to take it in amongst the trees. You know, he probably could do that. Charleston Southern can't do it here with the big boys. You know, Justin Pierce, nothing super impressive. You know, four rebounds, seven points, and then Playtech with zero points, 0 for 5 from the field. He did have a plus one on the plus minus after his minus 23 against Michigan. Do you think Keeling plays to his 6'3 frame? I think he plays shorter than that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if he – is he really 6'3"? Yeah, he's a small guy, and I mean, he gets he got blocked three or four times, I thought, and so they just need something. I mean, hit a three, hit a couple threes, um, you know, play tough defense. They just need more of those guys, and that can be the difference in this team because we kind of are seeing what what UNC can get from Baycott, Brooks, Anthony, and Robinson. Leaky Black is still kind of the wild card, but those four I mentioned, we're seeing that they're being pretty consistent. Anthony can score in the 20s. Baycott can give you a double-double. Garrison Brooks has been about a double-double guy, you know, high, you know, 12 to 13 points a game with 9 or 10 rebounds. And Brandon Robinson's proven he can hit two or three threes a game. So those um, kind of role players slash reserves, the guys that really need to step up. I think it's interesting we talk about how big guys are, and we've walked around this – 
place all week here, and you see some guys, and Oregon's guys were massive. They're all 6'7 and above and 220. Michigan guys were huge. Carolina just doesn't appear, aside from Huffman and, of course, Manley, Carolina doesn't have that size, and you're right about Keeling. You know, I, when I first saw him come in the game uh, earlier in the season, I thought, wow, he looks smaller than I expected. And then seeing him in person, I mean, he really is, especially when you're going up against guys um, like he goes up to. But I, I agree with Greg. He needs to shoot the basketball. I mean, he can shoot them out of a game possibly, but they he needs to be the guy that makes some shots. Justin Pierce, Andrew Playtech, you know, just uh, – Inside press row scoop, Oregon coach told me yesterday that if Playtech's in the game, they're going after him every game. And for him to turn around with a plus one, plus minus, of course it matters when you win the game. I thought he did um, – I, I thought he did better on defense than I expected he would against guys like or, the guys that Oregon had. Yeah, to, to Ross's point about those three first guys off the bench, uh, Playtech, Pierce, and Keeling today were, were a combined five of 20 from the floor. No, excuse me, 5 of 25 from the floor, uh, which is 20% not good, and they were uh, 2 of 11 from, from 3. That, that's not getting it done. And Keeling attempted 13 points, 13 shots, the same as Cole Anthony. So you have one of your you know, worst shooters right now attempting as many shots as your best scorer. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, I, you know, I think they've got to shoot. Cole can't shoot 20 shots a game for this this team to be successful. Let's let's wrap this show talking about um, we got to vote on an all tournament team, <laughs> and, and obviously for North Carolina, you don't get more than one being a third place team. So Ross, I'm gonna ask you, Armando Baycott or Cole Anthony, who do you write on that orange, that pretty orange sheet they gave us uh, for all tournament? I mean, just after this performance, I'd go with Baycott. I'm trying to think what he did against Alabama. Was Baycott? He was big. He had 12 and 15. 12 and 15, yeah. So two double doubles. He had a bad game against Michigan, but no one was really good in that game outside of Black, uh, outside of Cole's scoring. But Baycott, and to speak on him, you know, nine for 10 from free throws. Usually your big guys are not the best free throw shooters. You know, he has great hand eye coordination. Seems like he corrals a lot of rebounds and offensive boards and defensive boards. Uh, he's got a big body and the blocking six blocks that really stands out. Um, definitely a difference maker on defense for UNC, and he's running the floor. I mean, he's becoming a complete big man after six games here, and that's huge for UNC because they haven't had a guy like that since Bryce Johnson. Greg, wrap it up. I mean, Baycott. It's tough to argue with twelve and fifteen uh, first round. Virtually nothing second round, but turns twenty three and twelve, and the six blocks. I think Roy Williams talked about. Oregon's guys had to look for him. I think that was a huge factor in this game. So who are you writing on that line when you fill out IC's uh, tournament, all-tournament bracket? Uh, um, you know, it's tough. Armando was the game-changer today for sure, and yet he gets yanked out of the game and benched for the final 11 minutes against Michigan. Uh, he was solid against Bama. Uh, Cole Anthony is, is doing kind of Cole Anthony things. He's got to shoot more efficiently. Uh, didn't shoot above 50% in any of the games this week. Uh, and, I mean, he was 8 of 17 against Michigan, 4 of 13 against Bama. Uh, and so they, they need to allow him to be a little bit more of an efficient floor general. The, the key player for North Carolina this week, though, I think is Garrison Brooks. Um, I, I probably have to give Baycott the – the spot on the all-tournament team just because he did have two big games. But Garrison Brooks has been solid. 25 rebounds this week, 
That's really what you want about nine a game. And I think he had 42 points, so 14 points. If you can get that consistently from him, which is what he's been doing, along with his defensive presence. I mean, if Armando Baycott can be the rim protector like he was today, we know how good of a defender Garrison is. That is a very tough ask for opposing teams to get into the to paint against those two guys. Brandon Robinson's back now, so now you got two good defenders on the wing. Uh, that, that helps his team defensively. But I think Garrison's kind of the heart and soul of this team, and Armando and Cole are going to continue to be up and down like freshmen that they are. Uh, so I don't know exactly how to answer your question. I guess I'm going with Baycott, but I, I think Brooks was probably the most important guy this week. The one thing to add is, you know, Cole Anthony had six points in the last minute and six seconds with the four made free throws and that layup to kind of give UNC a little bit of cut cushion. That's clutch for a freshman. The UNC is going to need that. They're going to be on tons of close games. Think about all of the ACC games they're going to play this year. They have 19 more on the schedule. How many are going to come down with this level of team? They're going to come down to the last two or three minutes. So to see that from Cole is big. You kind of expect that from the level player he is. But to see that come to fruition against Oregon was big. Six points in the last minute and six. Indeed. And, folks, we'll talk about the block shot there forever. Jim Hawkins did Jim Hawkins things on that. Gets an unbelievable photo. If you hadn't seen it already, it's on the website, I'm sure. Um, it would be one of those moments in this game. I thought it was the biggest play of the game. Um, the free throws are nice. Um, but that block really uh, did something to the Tar Heels in the first half. Carolina wins 78-74, goes 2-1 and one in this battle for Atlantis. I'm Tommy Ashley, Greg Barnes, and Ross Martin. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. And I'm telling you, folks, if you've never been to this battle for Atlantis and you enjoy watching basketball, you need to come down here and check it out. Even if Carolina's not here, it is a hoop junkie's dream down here. The battle for Atlantis in Paradise Island, Nassau. That'll do it for the Inside Crew. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Tommy. See you, Tommy. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.